Hello, hello, hello. My name is Ethan Murray, and this is the very first episode of my brand new podcast. Welcome. It's all shiny. Just got just just got out of the box. Isn't it neat? Um I haven't had a name, I haven't thought of a name for it yet. We'll workshop it. Current name. Ethan but with swords. We'll 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 work on that. Until such time, that's the title. Uh, this is this is something I've been interested in making for a while. A bit of a podcast on um, a lot of things. Swords, yes, but not just swords. I want to get a lot of generalist, you know, a lot of everything. Um, I guess broadly speaking, it is going to be a podcast about warfare in the Middle Ages, specifically the medieval period of history. Um, and that's going to encompass everything from swords, you know, weapons, pole arms, uh, armor, castles, sieges, warfare, tactics. Um, shit like that, you know, society. What the hell was going on in that time? And I want to talk about it because it's, it's, it's something I'm really interested in and something I've always been interested in. But also because it's such a mythology, it's uh, such a mythologized subject there's a lot of misconceptions and misinformation, you know, floating around on it. So I thought, hey, why not? Why not entertain some people while while may, while you know, spreading some information? If you learn something, great. If you're entertained, great. Come along for the ride with me. Um, I'm by no stretch a professional. Don't you know? Don't take my word as gospel. I'm just a kid in his fucking room with a computer and a lot of free time. You know. I don't have a degree in any of this. I've never, like, I'm, I'm not formally trained. Don't come at me like, oh, you said, I, I know, I know I probably said it, but don't, don't assume everything I say is true. And I highly encourage you, you know, if this is something, if you think, oh, hey, that's kind of cool, that's kind of neat, and you want to look more into it, go look more into it, man. Um, there are a lot of YouTubers out. Uh, if you look up HEMA, H-E-M-A, it's an acronym, so all caps, Historical European Martial Arts, and that's going to bring up a lot of good stuff about, um, you know, these kinds of topics. A lot of good YouTube channels about it. Um, my top three that I'd recommend, Shadiversity, uh, S-H-A-D-versity, V-E-R-S-I-T-E-T-Y, rather, Scholagrim, S-K-A-L-L-A-G-R-I-M. And Lindy Beige, L-I-N-D-Y-B-E-I-G-E, Lindy Beige. Um, those three are my top three. They're the guys I go to a lot to learn me a thing about swords. And you know they're very funny, and I find them very entertaining. So this is this is my show. This is the format. Me talking at you for a couple for a couple minutes. Welcome. Have a seat. Pacheo, have a drink. Cheers. So, let's start out. Let's start out nice and slow and simple, with a question I think is worth asking. What is a sword? Now, a lot of you might, might think, "Oh, that's that's kind of a stupid question." It's it's that it's the thing with the blade that you swing and you poke people with it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's pretty solid definition. Not entirely incorrect. But, you know, with such a broad term and such a broad definition and such a broad time period, you run into a lot of interesting gray areas of, like, 
oh, okay, that, that might be a sword, but it also, like, might be a dagger of a, you know, something else entirely. It might be its own thing. Who knows? So, broadband, broad terms, I'm going to be using sword as bladed, edged weapon used broadly in the medieval period that is not a polearm. So that's kind of a confusing definition, so let's break it down. Edged weapon, gotta have a blade, gotta gotta cut something, or poke, or stab. It's gotta have, a, you know, it's gotta fill one of those, one of those two things, two or three things. Um, has to be from the, I'm talking, I'm gonna focus in on the medieval period. I know there were swords before it. I know swords came after. If I, if, if I sat here talking about all the swords that ever existed, I would literally never get up. Um, and it excludes something that isn't a pole arm. Now, a pole arm is a weapon classified in the long-standing human tradition of put pointy metal thing on very long stick and poke people with it. That is things like spears or pikes or lances. That the those are things like halberds and lucernes and pole axes. I'll get into those later. Um, and I will talk about these, you know, I will talk about polearms, I'll talk about, I'll talk about all sorts of stuff on here. But for now, we'll keep with swords. Why? Because they're easy. So that's, that's the, that's the basics, right? Now when I say sword, when I, you know, the word sword, you, the first thing that comes to your head, or the average person, is probably the medieval European cruciform sword. You probably think of something like a knight. And that's pretty good. That's a pretty that's a good benchmark for a sword. You know? Um from here I'm gonna talk about some of the vocabulary I'm gonna be using. I know I say the word vocabulary and a lot of a lot of you fly into a panic. Don't worry, calm down. There won't be a test, I promise. But these are gonna be the words I'm gonna use, and if you don't know what they mean, you're gonna be kinda confused about what the hell I'm talking about. And these are the words that kind of apply to the anatomy of a sword. The bits that make a sword. Uh, a couple things. We'll start from the very top of the blade and go down. Very top of the sword and work our way from there. So the very top, right? Starting up, you got the tip. Tip of the blade. Right? You got the blade. You got the blade, you got the blade tip. Pretty self-explanatory. I'm not... If you have questions... I, f I feel like we have bigger issues. Now, people think, oh, it's a, it's a blade. Yeah, that's simple enough. That's a simple enough of a thing. You know, you look at it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's metal, it's pointy, it's sharp, you swing it. But I feel like that's kind of betraying a very large portion of what it is, you know? Because once you actually start looking into it, you start seeing, oh, that's... Well, that's different, and that's that's different from this, but these two are kind of similar, but, you know, this is different. There is a lot of a little things, the little things that pile up. And it gets to the point where you realize that in every little detail, there is a world of complexity that goes into it. 
Starting with, for instance, the blade. Well, what shape is the blade? You know, it might seem like a very simple question, but it's a question worth asking. Uh, is it tapered? Does it does it go? Does it have a, is it broad? Does it go um, straight for time and then suddenly have angle inwards? Does it have two straight lines? Are the two edges perfectly straight and it just tapers to a perfect point? Does it have a gentle taper and more of a curved top? You know? And then you get into things like fullers. A fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, is the little indentation in the blade. Now that's that little dip you see in the middle of blades a lot of the time. That's called a fuller. And you look and, well, how many does it have? One, two, could have three. How long is it? Uh, where was the fuller located? Um, if you are maybe a little familiar with swords, you might have heard them refer be referred to as blood gutters before. Um, I always thought that was kind of interesting. But there's a lot of complexity in, in you know, what it is. And further down, we get to the hilt. Now, a hilt is kind of a general term for is a cluster of things. Um, immediately down from the blade, you have the cross guard. Now, that's the, that's the thing that goes across the blade and protects your hand. The cross guard is made up of two quillions. Quillions are the two metal poles coming out the side that, that protect your hand. That's what one of those are called, a quillion. Um, and that's a cross guard designed specifically to protect your hand from incoming strikes while fighting. And that's another thing you think of cross guard, that's, that's, you know, pretty simple. But then you look and you're like, oh, well, this one, this one has a, this one has a straight cross guard and this one's cross guard is in a V shape. This one cross, this one's cross guard curves. This one doesn't curve. This one gets wider near the, near the ends, you know, for every little thing, there was a lot of diversity in, in how it can be made. Uh, from the cross guard down, we have the handle, right? And again, the handle. You're thinking you're like a, in. I know, like you're thinking it's a handle. How complex can the thing really be? More than you think, because you look at it and you think, well, eh, how long is it? Does it have a little separator in the middle? Is it one-handed or two-handed? Is it wrapped in leather? Is it bare? Is it? You know what shape is it? How is it meant to be used? A lot of little things. And finally, down from there, we have the pommel. The pommel is the metal sphere, that metal circle you see at the very bottom of swords. Now, the pommel's job is twofold. What the pommel does is it counterweights the blade of the sword, so you have better balance in the blade and you can swing it better. And it also attaches to our next piece called the tang. Now with the tang is something you probably haven't heard of. Um, because it's not really used all that much outside of these kinds of circles. The tang is attached to the blade. The blade and the tang are a single piece of metal. It's one thing. You forge the blade and at the very end is the tang. The tang is a long rectangle of metal that you slot 
into the hilt. The hilt is the general term for the for the crossguard, handle, and pommel. It's just that whole section down there. So you take your blade and you take the tang and you put and you slot the tang through the hilt. And the tang should, if you've done it right, come out the other side of the handle. And from there, you thread it, which means you put grooves in it, like the grooves are on a screw, and you screw the pommel onto the piece of the tang that is sticking out. And what that does is it keeps the blade firmly in place attached to the hilt. And that's how swords were built. You'd have the handle and the cross guard, two separate pieces. You'd put the cross guard on, you'd put the blade through, and you'd screw on the pommel. And the pommel, along with the tang and the blade, would keep everything nice and tight together. And that's generally how swords were designed. That's generally how European cruciform swords were designed. When I say cruciform, I mean they're in the shape of the cross, you know, with the handle and the straight cross guard and the blade. That's a cruciform. You also have the scabbard. That's the thing that hangs at your hip that you keep the sword in. Um, you'll also hear it called, be called uh, a sheath. I just prefer the word scabbard because it's a little more specific to swords. You know, a sheath can be anything, like you can sheath a sword, a knife, a gun. A scabbard is more specifically it's used for swords. Um, also, on the con on the topic of terms and words I'll be using and what they mean, you also have to look at the functionality of swords and what they were built for. I'm going to primarily looking into three, we'll call them damage types. Alright? There is stabbing, Hacking and cutting. Let's break that down. Stabbing is pretty self-explanatory. How well designed is it to poke through something? Preferably a human. How well does it do that job? But the other two, hacking and cutting, well, those two are a little, um, a little bit more similar. You might be thinking, oh, hey, what's the difference, you know? Because they are kind of used interchangeably sometimes. But there is a difference. Hacking... They both, they both serve to sever, right? They both want to, if you get hit in the arm, they're both trying to take off that arm. But the difference is in how they do it. Hacking, the cutting power is from the force of the swing. Hacking is something like what an axe does. It's got the blade, sure, but all that cutting power is coming from how hard you swing it. Then you have cutting. Cutting is the, is when you drag the blade across something. Across someone, you know, across skin, across flesh, across armor. Um, a steak knife, for instance. When you cut meat with a steak knife, that's cutting. When you have an X-Acto knife and you, you, you know, you start cutting up paper... That's cutting. It's the push cut or a pull cut. That's what the cutting power is coming from. As opposed to hacking, which is just you swing it, and the, the sheer force of impact combined with the blade is what takes it off. So broad strokes, that's going to be 
the damage types of the swords, and that's how I'm going to be classifying them and in, in how they were used. Um, that brings me to next topic. Now, swords generally were very, very, very common. But the issue is, swords as a thing are a fuzzy group, and classifying swords can get real messy. So, for instance, you know, you have things like the European swords that we think of knights using. Well, that would be the arming sword and the long sword. Now, I'm almost positive you heard of a longsword. It appears just kind of everywhere in fantasy. But you probably haven't heard of an arming sword before. An arming sword, A-R-M-I-N-G, was, I'd argue, more common than a longsword. They're both the same general shape. They're both that same cruciform kind of knight sword. But the difference is in how they were used. An arming sword was used with one hand in conjunction with a shield. A long sword was used with two and no shield. And that's a very important difference. Because a shield is important. A shield quite often meant the difference between life or death in fights. And that is no exaggeration. So that's, you know, there's a little, there's a little intricacy there. And the more you look into it, the more you realize that the fuzzier things get. Because people didn't, people back in the day, back when they were used, didn't really categorize swords. It was more just how they were used or who used them. Like, you'd like, oh, that's, well, that's, that's Ulfric's sword, you know? It's not any kind of sword, it's just the sword that Ulfric uses. Simple as that. But in the modern day, where we like to put things in neat little boxes with neat little labels and neat little rows, that doesn't really work. And we have, for the most part, categorized swords into some broad terms. Um, you will be hearing me use a lot of these terms. I'll try and explain them as I go. But for now, the ones you need to know are cruciform. A cruciform sword is, just think of the standard knight sword, in the shape of a cross. It's just, it's bog standard, it's a sword. I will use things, I will use a term like long sword. When I say a long sword, I mean a cruciform sword used specifically with two hands. An arming sword, a cruciform sword used specifically with one, and mostly a shield. We get things like the short sword. Short sword? It's a short sword. The blade, I'd call two feet, foot and a half. That's a short sword. Then you'd have things like great swords. Great swords are weird. Because, generally, the, a rule of thumb in working with swords is the biggest sword you can wield effectively 
cannot be taller than the bottom of your elbow or the bottom of your shoulder, right? So if if the if you put the sword blade, if you rest the the tip of the sword on the ground and the pommel comes above your armpit, it's too big. Can't use it effectively. Yeah, that rule applies to long swords. It applies to generally most swords. Great swords follow that. Don't follow that rule. Great swords looked at that rule and said, "Okay, but what if we were just like fuck off, massive, and would sometimes taller than the people who used them?" That's a great sword. Um, what people normally think of in great as great swords, like for instance, if you ever played Skyrim. The great sword you see there, that shape, is what is generally called a German Zweihander. A Zweihander, also called a Weilhander, was a German great sword used by mercenaries with the two spikes on the blade. And the name, when literally translated, just means two hands. Because that's what you needed to use the fucking thing. And I'll probably talk about Zweihanders and great swords and claymores in another episode. But for now, great swords, big fuck off swords. Um, th- then we get into things like messes and falchions. Now these are, I think, a criminally, criminally underrated aspect of swordom. Messes and falchions were swords specifically designed to cut things. They looked a lot like really big knives. Messer is German, Falchion, um, if I remember, I think is more um, English. English? I think English or Frank. Might be Frank. But they were designed to cut. Just think of them as really big knives. Again, I'll get, I'll get into more detail later on. But for now, just know that that was the kind of sword used for cutting. And I'll probably throw in a lot of different terms as I go. But for now, that's that's gonna what you get's gonna be what you need to know. And so, looking at all this, you might be thinking, "Wow, swords were uh, pretty popular," and yeah, they were. They were a really widespread thing. They were everywhere. And that was because. Well, because of a lot of reasons. Which brings us to a very important question. Why a sword? Why would you use a sword? Well, here's an interesting thing. We normally think of knights charging into battle on horseback with a sword. That image is romanticized. Because in war, in actual medieval warfare, you wouldn't use a sword as your main weapon. I, I always said, this is my, um, I always kind of say, s- swords were the pistols of the medieval world. They were small, effective, easy to carry, goddamn everywhere, and used largely as a sidearm. Not a main weapon, a sidearm. If you were going into war, and you knew like you were going into a proper battle, you would have a pole arm. To help the sword, you'd have a spear, a halberd, a lucerne, a poleaxe. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have something with a reach. And you'd have a sword on your hip as a backup. 
but you would also see swords really commonly used by civilians in cities and towns going about their day-to-day business in case they needed to defend themselves, because swords are a really effective tool for self-defense. Because they are easy to carry, easy to use, and very quick on the draw. So that's how I always, I've always compared them to pistols. Swords are the pistols of the medieval world, and you know, there are of course exceptions. Great swords, I'm looking at you. But generally, that's why people use swords. They were good at what they did. They were generalist, you know? Could they cut as well as an axe? Could they hack as could they um, hack as well as an axe? Well, no, but they were better at thrusting. Could they thrust as well as a spear? Well, no, but they were better at hacking. A generalist weapon for most purposes. That's why swords. That's about my time for the day, for the episode. Um. This is probably a bit more sporadic than I would have liked. But I'm still, you know, I'm going to figure out how to do the show as I go on. If I go on, I'll probably go on. I like talking about this stuff. It's very interesting to me. This has been... This has been Ethan. I have been Ethan. Last I checked, I am still Ethan. Um, thank you for listening to me ramble about swords for 20 minutes. I will see you probably in the next video. Well, the next episode, next podcast, next audio file, whatever, whatever media is next, I will be seeing you. Until then, give you a blade show, ladies and gentlemen.